Hello to all you nature nerds out there. Welcome to our first interview episode, where we connected with one of our amazing partners over at One Tree Planted. I sat down with Senior Marketing Director Kat Johnson and Forestry Specialist Ross Burnett to learn about how One Tree Planted works, what happens behind the scenes, and the importance of sharing the story of planting trees. Welcome to Restoration Nation. Well, um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, guys. Um, so I guess with, uh, with Restoration Nation, our goal is to have the same guiding questions for all of our interviews, for all of our guests. Um, I like the structure of that. I think it's really cool for our listeners um, to be able to, you know, dive into whatever realm that we're diving into that week. Um, with those same guiding questions, with that structure. So those three guiding questions are, uh, what do you do? Why do you do it? And how can we help? So I, I guess I want to start with um, each, each of you separately. Um, what do you do? Which I know is a really broad question. Um, and I'm sure you do a lot of things. Um, but I guess what I'm asking is, um, you know, what are the what are the goals for your job? What are you involved in, and um, what kind of things are are you working towards under the umbrella of One Tree Planted? So, uh, Kat, if you want to start. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Kat. Um, very broadly, the the most broad answer of all, what I do is I plant trees uh, with One Tree Planted. Um, but what I specifically do under that umbrella is I work in storytelling, which is my favorite part, right? So we have all of these incredible projects with different impacts, um, societal, ecological, uh, biodiversity, but I get to take all of that data and kind of turn it into, what did we do? Like, what did the actual impact that we make do and then tell people about it, um, which is a very nice way to say that I work in marketing. Um, but yeah, my job is to take our data and take our stories and help them convince other people that reforestation is a great natural solution to a lot of things uh, and that it feels good to do. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that should ne- definitely not be undersold. The um, the storytelling aspect of a lot of ecological restoration, I feel, is really important. Um, you know, a, a lot of organizations' overarching goals, and a- including ours, is to uh, facilitate a lot of collaboration and, and really help people get together. Um, communities, different organizations, different agencies, we want to get people together. So I think um, what you're doing is huge. You know, it really opens the door to a lot of different communities and a lot of different people to get involved. And I think that's really cool. Um, Yeah. So, uh, Ross, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, my name's Ross Burnett. I am a forestry specialist at One Tree Planted with a focus on monitoring. So we support tree planting in 45 countries and growing and planting... I think we're on track to do something like 30 million plus trees this year. So always right. people want to know, you know, how, where where are the trees planted? How are they doing? How can we be sure um, that, that they're doing well? And what kind of impacts are they having besides just uh, the trees? The trees are kind of a starting point for us. And it's all these other benefits that come along with tree planting, uh, community benefits, biodiversity benefits, um, other ecological benefits. And so how can we figure out how to track those um, and get get that information to Kat for Kat to help us tell those <laughs> stories as well. Um, so yeah, I focus a lot on how we can use technology in, across our, our network to um, ensure that the trees are, are growing, doing well. 
And there was two more questions. One was how can we help? But what was the second one? Uh, the second one is is why do you do it? So um, that, that you'll transition us right into that question. So um, that's that's kind of a two pronged question too because when we ask why do you do this job, it's for one is is what is the problem? What what problem are we trying to solve? And two is is why do you do it? Why are you enthusiastic about doing this job? And and what does that mean to you? So. Kat, I guess for you specifically, when I when I think of the question, why do you um, why do you do this job? Thinking of what do you think is is the missing component in um, galvanizing more effort into um, ecological restoration and taking better care of of the land? You know, I think there's there's a lot of um, gaps between what's happening on the ground and what people in their everyday lives are aware is happening. Um, I think you clearly play a part in that, but but what do you think is is missing from that equation, and um, how do you feel like your role in One Tree Planted um, kind of facilitates that? Yeah, definitely. I think that kind of like you just said, there's this big disconnect between the impact of planting a tree and like getting us all the way to the environmental impact that we need. Like, I think that we all mm-hmm. know that we need really radical climate solutions. We know that we need to do a lot for our planet. And that kind of feels like this far off thing that maybe we can attain. Um, Mm -hmm. We also know that it's really easy to plant a tree and you feel good. But I think sometimes that gap between the act of something like planting and the impact that can have is missing or not spelled out for a lot of people. Like when you Mm -hmm. plant a tree, you're doing more than just putting a green thing in an ecosystem, right? Like One tree can be home to hundreds of species of birds, plants, mammals, fungi, microorganisms. So if that's like one tree, considering the impact of a forest, it's just like astronomical, the amount of life that you can provide for when you plant trees at the scale that we do or that a lot of our partner projects do. And so I think just like being able to quantify that. Um, In addition, I think the social impact of a lot of these like environmental initiatives, including ours, is something that isn't always seen when it really should be like that should be the part that gets people excited it gets me excited for why do you do this the why do i specifically do this the social impact is what at the end of the day gets me really excited because it's people that need to plant those trees that need to grow those trees to tend to them Um, in the case of trees that grow fruit or coffee or cacao then harvest that and have an economic like benefit from that so the impact that a tree, a single tree, um, or a forest of trees or an agroforestry project can have on communities and families and how tangible that is. When mm-hmm. a family suddenly has livelihood because they're working on an agroforestry project and they have access to the fruit and nuts those trees are growing, then that's more children that get to go to school. And when those children get to go to school, they help send other children to school. They help make different environmental impacts. So just the the spiral almost of social impact just from one planting project is incredible. And I wish that that were more seen. Um, so it's my job to make that as seen as I possibly can. Awesome. Well, I think I think people are starting to see it. I sure am. Um, I'm really excited about um, the work you guys are doing. And I, I've been involved in a, in a couple tree planting projects myself. Um, and they are quite the undertaking. But um, I feel that every every part of that effort is worth it. Um, it's such an awesome thing to be a part of. And I'm sure you guys feel that too. Um, yeah, so, uh, Ross, do you want to expand on that and and talk a little bit about, um, you know, from an environmental perspective too, why, why do we want to plant all these trees? What's, what's going on out there? 
Yeah, I think I think Kat's answer was was really great and definitely resonates a lot with me. Um, but expanding on that from an environmental focus, there I mean there was a study that came out a few years back that said human since humans we've lost a trillion trees on the planet and that number just kind of blows people's minds and I mean inc- including mine um, as as I'm saying it it's just like it's hard to comprehend the scale of these numbers but when you think about humans around the world and all the land we need for all the food we eat and all the extractive industries and everything else we're doing, we just removed a lot of trees on the landscape. And we're seeing a lot of those impacts uh, at all different levels from super local levels like uh, soil erosion and soil running into rivers and landscapes that used to be uh, able to absorb a lot of water. Suddenly you're seeing flooding and wild impacts like immediately, like we're seeing those impacts potentially the year after um, trees are cut down, you're seeing increased flooding. Um, And then of course, we're seeing kind of regional impacts as uh, you remove trees from a landscape, you impact water cycles at a more regional scale. Um, It can actually change the course of weather patterns. Uh, And then obviously at a global scale, climate change, trees are huge role to play in absorbing carbon dioxide but of course beyond just the carbon dioxide it is the the kind of regional landscape scales of uh movement of animals and different like yeah different life support systems that are just totally altered and messed up um so yeah there's just like no doubt that the world will benefit from having more trees in all all kinds of ways and it's of course a matter of right tree right place understanding how to integrate it as kat said with the with the communities that that live close to these these forests that's awesome yeah um i mean it's not awesome news but uh i think that's a an awesome overview of of kind of the the impacts on different scales i think that's really important because a lot of people and i understand why but a lot of people you know they see um a forest that is no longer there for whatever reason, whether it be wildfire or something else. And I think, you know, it's sad to see a barren landscape, you know, the the aesthetics change and the land doesn't look as healthy. I think people um, see that whether they know what it is they're really seeing or not. Um, I think they feel that on an aesthetic level. Um, But I think it's really important for people to realize that it's not just the aesthetics of it. Like there's a lot of downstream effects of, of losing forests that will impact you, that impact individuals, um, you know, whether that's impacting them at the grocery store or it's impacting um, the stream that's on their land or, or their animals. Um, I think that's, that's really important to realize. And I, I think you did awesome in kind of covering that scale from top to bottom. So I'm really glad that you talked about some of those things. Um, I do actually have kind of a question um, more specifically about, you know, when you're working on a project, um, you do a lot of you do a lot of monitoring after the fact for tree plantings. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. cool. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about what that process looks like and, and why you do that. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, in some degrees, planting putting a tree in the ground is the easy part, we could say. I mean, it's not not easy to even get to that stage, but if the tree um, is eaten by a goat or is, you know, doesn't get the water it needs or is planted in the wrong place, 
there's all kinds of reasons why a tree could uh, very quickly die. Um, and so we want to have confidence that the trees that we're planting are doing well, both, you know, from uh, like un kind of knowledge and growing perspective, like we know the climate is changing. And so that impacts like what trees grow where uh, a tree that maybe grew in a landscape uh, 20 years ago, maybe is not actually able to grow there now, or maybe not in the next 20 years. And so we're thinking about that and sort of trying to learn as, as we go and our network around the world can be a kind of tool for that, providing data about what's working well. But um, yeah, we want to make sure we're having the impact that we think we're having. Um, and so, yeah, we employ a number of different tools um, and technologies and kind of processes to make sure that that's happening. And there's kind of basic things like taking photos of the trees that have GPS data associated with them. So we can have mm -hmm. confidence that um, a tree is where we think it is and was kind of that photo was taken when, when we think it was. Uh, we're starting to use more drones, which are getting cheaper and better. Um, and we're doing drone training programs with our on the ground partners that are doing the tree planting and monitoring. So giving them drones, teaching them how to use it. Um, and those, that data can be useful for a number of different reasons for better understanding the landscape and impacts for reaching places that are hard to get on foot, um, and kind of getting that landscape scale perspective that, uh, being 20 meters in the air can provide, uh, and then satellites, a huge part to play in kind of the long-term monitoring, which mm -hmm. provide, um, you know, global perspective and kind of understands a scale that is hard to reach in any other way. As someone who gets to look at these photos, I have to say it's so exciting, Ross, when you send something from last year and something from this year in a place where trees go rapidly, like Costa Rica and those mangroves, right? Like the the difference Ooh, that you can yeah. see in one year from a satellite image is astounding and it makes you feel really good <laughs> just to see how much more green it is. And so even just like the, the storytelling impact of all that data that you get when it gets to us is very exciting. Yeah, that that actually sound, it gets me excited just hearing about it, especially mangroves. I know that's a that's a huge focus right now in, in a lot of tree tree planting arenas. Um, yeah. So uh, Kat, tell us what that experience is like. You know, you um, I'm sure you you know the schedules of, of what tree plantings are happening where and, and you're anticipating the, you know, the photos coming in and the data and, and putting that story together. Um, tell us what that experience is like and um, maybe some of the connections you've made with people or responses you've gotten from some of those stories. Um, but I, I know that it gets me excited, but I think it'd be really cool to hear about uh, what your experience is. Yeah, so there are kind of two facets to that. There's sharing the data we have about a project that we're about to undertake and trying to get people excited about that specific project or region because we need to get funding for that. You know, we want people mm -hmm. to be excited that we're planting in this super cool space that will have this impact and getting to kind of predict and get photos of the landscape, photos of the type of biodiversity that's going to be benefited. So there's that half of it. And then the other half is getting to say, here's what we did. Take a look. Like, here's what you did and that you funded. And that part is very fun. It feels very good to be able to tell people that you did this, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. we have a lot of business donors. So we have individuals who want to plant trees and we also have businesses that work with us um, and businesses tend to plant, you know, a lot. So it's very exciting to go back to a business and say, because you donated 
thousands of trees. Like this is your forest. Uh, and those words feel really good to get to deliver, you know, like you help yeah. make this happen. When we get an anecdote, <laughs> it's my favorite. When we have a specific person with a name coming to us from Brazil or Iceland or Spain or India or any of these places that we plant. And that person gets to say, like, this is my land that I donated to this project. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently saw a leopard for the first time on my property. Uh, we had that recently with, where a camera caught a leopard in the middle of the night, which was awesome. Wow. Because that's, that's awesome. a diversity that wasn't there before. Um, but yeah. now that the landscape is starting to support that. Um, but being able to take those specific stories and put them back to the community in the form of blog posts and email updates, um, just in people that we get to talk with. Um, we're definitely an organization that's on the road a lot. We love to go out and mm-hmm. meet people. Um, so one of my favorite experiences was being in the One Tree Planted Sprinter van and people walk up and say, what are you doing? Um, so being in Arizona, where we were planting ponderous pines um, yeah. and people seeing us at a national park in Arizona and saying, what are you doing? And we get to say, we're planting that kind of tree right there. Like because of the fires where you can see the smoke from here, we're helping. Like we're helping to put these ponderosa pines in the ground. Do you want to help too? And being able to engage people in that way is really fun. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And actually I've planted a handful of ponderosa pines too. Awesome. They're fun to plant. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, yeah. So uh, actually you you mentioned a little bit, um, you know, working with both uh, uh, businesses and individuals and things like that. Um, tell us a little bit more about uh, the One Tree Planted like model and uh, how you think that that helps with a lot of your fundraising and, and marketing. Because I feel like, you know, my impression is that you have a very uh, clear goal and um, a, a very clear model for, for what it is you're doing. And I think that simplicity really helps people engage. It makes it simple. I think a lot of the issues going on in the world, especially surrounding climate change and the environment, feel very overwhelming and um, can feel like a lot. And I think providing people with something simple that they can do to help is really, really important. So um, I'm curious for uh, you to reflect on that a little bit and tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I love how simple our model is because it's very straightforward, right? Like we are one tree planted, one dollar, one tree. And that threshold doesn't change whether you want to plant one tree with us, whether you want to come and plant four million trees with us. Like that mm-hmm. model is always going to be the same. There's no barrier to entry. If you are a person who's excited about planting trees and you want to plant one tree somewhere that matters to you in the world, we're going to celebrate that with you. Like your impact, it, it matters no matter the scale of the project. And I think that's very exciting. I think sometimes environmental causes can feel hard to break into or that you have to act a certain way or meet a certain standard to be a part of the cause. Uh, To be a tree planter, all you need to do is plant trees. And we try to make that as easy for you as we possibly can. Um, So from our funding model, $1, one tree, we keep that really easy. Our website's super easy to navigate. Um, We operate almost like a store. You put the trees in your cart, you check out, you're done. You've done it. Um, Our information is super transparent, so you get to know the impact that you're making. You know, you'll be CC'd in all of those project reports as we get them from the partner on the ground. So I think the simplicity and the transparency helps reduce the barrier to entry to be a part of the community of tree planters, which is exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And that actually makes me think of another question, um, kind of for both of you, is um, tell us a little bit about what the role of collaboration is in One Tree Planted. Um, I have no doubt that 
everybody on your team is working very hard and, and doing a, a lot of work, but I also know that the scale of, of tree planting is, is wild, especially with some of the numbers you guys are talking about. And, and I truly believe that collaboration, um, as I mentioned earlier, is the, the key to, to moving forward. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys, um, yeah, what, what role does collaboration play in, in One Tree Planted? Um, I'm happy, I'm happy to, to go first. Um, so yeah, collaboration is totally fundamental, at all kinds of different levels, whether that's internal within One Tree Planted, we can start there. I mean, we are organized around certain departments, different teams, but all the teams really interact with each other. For example, I'm on the projects team and we're responsible for the closer interaction with the partners, but or with, with all our on, on the ground tree planting groups. Um, but, you know, I collect, I help collect data and then pass that on to Kat, for example. And Kat helps get that message out in a way um, that I could never, um, just because <laughs> she has those specific storytelling skills. And so we each kind of can have our, our focus while it's still super helpful to understand what our team members are doing and how to get data. I mean, when we're working at the scale, there's a lot of like processes like in, in place that can help facilitate this massive amount of data <laughs> being transferred. Uh, how is it being kind of recorded, stored? How is it accessible, um, standardized, etc.? cetera. Um, so within One Tree Planted, you'll see that across different teams, we have, you know, finance teams, operation team, um, video team that can help, you know, I, I was in Costa Rica last year um, and just taking a lot of video on my cell phone and collecting some drone data. And then our video team managed to put it together into a five minute video that just like blew my mind. I just loved it. Just like really captured <laughs> the spirit of the trip it, with using skills that I just, you know, I don't have. <laughs> and so the kind of internal collaboration is, is really essential for kind of amplifying each of our impacts and letting us focus on, on our thing while kind of coordinating the the handoffs and 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 uh, like work across the whole organization, uh, but then of course across um, other organizations. So we have partners that help us do specific things outside of One Tree Planted. You know, we work with groups that provide satellite imagery data, um, help do uh, whether drone data processing and sort of learning from what they're doing, what they're seeing. There's a lot of collaboration kind of across different groups, and then of course our on the ground partners, um, we couldn't do the work that we do without a just massive network around the world. That's awesome. That's, that's really exciting. And it's, it's also cool to hear that, um, you know, the, the excitement that those videos and the storytelling generates isn't just external. It seems very clear that that's internal too, and it gets you guys excited and inspired. And I, I think that's huge that, um, that, uh, that excitement, I, I feel like, is is very. Um, I can't think of any word to describe that. It <laughs> it resonates. It resonates with yes. people. Um, <laughs> sure. I got there. I, I tried real hard, <laughs> and I got it. Um, yeah, awesome. Um, and, and I think uh, both of you might have touched on a little bit. Um, you know, gathering photos and, and looking at the biodiversity before a tree planting project. And I, I think that's really cool and interesting as well as collecting data after the fact and, and you know, the, the continuous learning, because as our environment changes, obviously, 
um, our approach needs to change, you know, like adaptive management. Um, I think it's really cool that you guys are doing that both before and after work. Um, and I'm curious about like, um, how do you choose the type of trees? I know you said you look at the biodiversity and take some pictures. Are, are there other kind of things you take into account? And um, what, what does that process look like? So our, our model is working with groups on the ground that have been planting in that, in that specific landscape, hopefully for, you know, some, in some cases, decades. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we definitely rely, there's no way to be an expert on every single ecosystem around the world. So we rely on a lot of partner expertise. And then within that, we sort of are looking for some consistency. You know, we always prioritize, uh, native plants there's databases you can look to ensure we're not planting anything that's going to be invasive um different projects are prioritizing different aspects uh whether that's more of agroforestry kind of fruit production so in those cases there's less kind of strictness around like is it native um because there's lots of great fruits from around the world uh mangoes are planted kind of across the tropics just for example um and uh, yeah, so really prioritizing local indigenous uh, plants that are appropriate for that landscape. Well, I said mentioned earlier about the kind of climate change projections and, and thinking like in many cases that at least for, for sure where, I, where I'm based in California, the landscape is drying out. So are we planting trees that are sort of adapted to a potentially a drier landscape? And then sort of there's a whole kind of science around nursery management and mm-hmm. making sure uh, seeds are being collected from a diversity of locations that kind of encourage uh, a natural biodiversity and kind of the genetic stock of, of the trees that were planted to be able to respond to that changing climate. We also try to get trees and like seedlings from nurseries that are as nearby to the planting site as we can. Like we don't want to be adding to our carbon footprint flying seeds or seedlings across the world if we don't have to. And usually uh, plants are more adaptive to, you know, climate change and the environment when they're Mm -hmm. grown right there. So like Ross said, thinking very carefully about where our seedlings are coming from, what we can do with the kind of the local resources that we have before we tap into any other network. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think um, one of the first things I think of when I, I think of, you know, um, shifting climate, you mentioned in California specifically, things getting a little bit drier. And um, that was actually one of the things I I was thinking about, as you were saying, that was, um, I believe it's giant sequoias. There's some programs where they're starting to shift them further north, where it's a little bit cooler and and wetter, um, you know, kind of anticipating that their, I mean, their habitat is declining um, where it is currently. So I I think that's really awesome that, you know, you guys are contributing to that, um, that process, that work that's being done and, and all that data you're collecting. I mean, there has to be massive amounts of that. So, <laughs> but that's awesome. That's, that's what we need to, to keep learning and keep progressing. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess, uh, what I want to move into next is the, the final guiding question. Um, and that's, how can we help? Which I'm sure there are a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I think that, you know, we already touched a little bit on, on your model and how accessible that is. And I think that's really cool. And I, I don't know if you guys have any other recommendations for 
how people might learn a little bit more about you guys or or get involved or um you know seek careers in this realm um anything any kind of advice you guys have um i think i know i would love to hear and i think our listeners would too yeah i always it's very easy to plant a tree (laughs) as we touched on definitely you can do that um but in addition to that very simple easy act um, I think checking out our social channels is a great place to start and kind of learn more about us and reforestation as a whole. We have a lot of, mm-hmm. I want to say we have positive nature news. We're not climate optimists. We're not pretending that things aren't bad, but we do try to be very solution focused, which I think can be really mm-hmm. empowering um, and is an important thing to have in your overall like media diet, right? Especially about climate mm-hmm. news. Like you need the... <laughs> You need the facts, you need to know what's happening, but you also need to know how can I apply that? Like, what can I do with that to go out and help make change and make a difference? And I think that our social feeds on Instagram, on Twitter, um, our blog posts, I think they really help contribute to that. And it's a great place to kind of dig in, maybe see what's interesting to you. Um, Mm -hmm. Additionally, green up your space. Um, With us, we do a lot of planting events in April and September, um, all over the place. So hopefully there is one near you listener that you can join in on and go plant. (laughs) Um, But even without one tree planted, right, find an opportunity to green your space up, whether that's a community planting event, whether you are lucky enough to have a yard or land that you can plant on. If you live in a city, even just adding some greenery where you can to kind of help, you know, cool things down, help provide places for pollinators. But doing what you can to green up your own space is super important. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Uh, Ross, do you have anything that you'd like to add to that or? um... Yeah, I think, um, I think those are great ways to learn more about One Tree Planted and contribute um, for sure. I mean, I think education is, you know, fundamental to any kind of change, understanding what's going on. There's so many great books um, and podcasts um, that I've listened to recently and or read recently that just keep me motivated and excited. Um, a couple recommendations uh, from the last year or so uh, is Susan Samard's Finding the Mother Tree. That's a really, really great book about just the miraculous ways that trees are communicating underground through mycorrhizal networks across like huge areas and connect- connectivities <laughs> that just kind of blows the mind with facts and makes you just really wonder what's happening underfoot. Um, and then uh, Robin Wall Kimmer's book, um, she has a couple, uh, but Braiding Sweetgrass and Gathering Moss are both some of my favorite books. Um, so uh, yeah, reading, educating yourself, listening. There was a podcast called The Timber Wars about that was put on by Oregon uh, Public Radio that I was just obsessed with for a couple weeks that talks about um kind of like the environmental uh kind of like movement um as seen through the lens of protecting old growth forest in Oregon and sort of how the mindset has changed and so quickly and so recently from like we should be logging as much as possible as quickly as possible to like no we need to protect these forests and why and it like it was I think it's like a 10-part podcast and I'm just pretty obsessed um so yeah, I think, you know, there's so much great content out there. Um, and so just finding something that, that you're into and learning more and just understanding because it's, it's uh, you know, it's as deep and complex <laughs> as you want to make it and get into it. And the more, the more we know, the, the better off we are. 
I would definitely add to that that there is a niche for you. Like if you're listening and you don't know what part of sustainability or environmental activism is for you, like you will you will find it. You just might have to go looking for it. Like I didn't know that I was going to be excited about reforestation until I learned more about this position and this opportunity and dug into that social impact. And that's where I found it. Right. So I think that it's there for you. There is a community in this larger community for you if you go reading and learning and finding what that fit is. Hopefully it's yeah. reforestation, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that really resonates with me too. It's something, it's definitely a passion I found a little bit later um, in my life. And and I actually hear that a lot in um, in this, uh, this type of work. Um, I, I hear a lot of people who, you know, they may have tried to pursue something else or, or it wasn't something that was a good fit for them. And then all of a sudden they stumble into the world of, of restoration or conservation and and the, the light bulb goes off. And so I think that's really cool. Anything that we can all do to um, help people find what it is that um, turns their light bulb on, I think is, is huge. Um, and I, I really appreciate that all the work that you guys are doing and One Tree Planted is doing. Um, I feel like it, it, it makes all this so accessible. I think it gives people great goals to work towards and, um, you know, it, it's bringing communities together already. And uh, I, I'm just, I really love what you guys are doing. I've got my beanie. I've got a couple beanies already. I've planted <laughs> a nice handful of trees through you guys. It's got me excited. I already went and, you know, I told my family about it and some friends. And um, I think that's what it's all about. So um, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And, and thank you for coming to talk to me today. Yeah, thanks awesome. for making a space like this. That's also a huge, important part of community building, right? And being able to connect. So thank you so much for making a space just to talk candidly about, you know, this type of activism and this segment of environmentalism is really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there anything else you guys wanted to um, to talk about or mention or anything like that? Happy to um, throw in any extra thoughts or ideas. Um, I think we I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, ditto ditto cat's comment. Thanks for creating the space and asking us to to help share. And thank you for uh, being excited. I mean, I think uh, your your comment earlier about like the the excitement is a under sometimes underappreciated element to to the work because it's so easy to be so depressed about the destruction that humans are doing collectively around the world. Um, but we need, uh, we need people that are, that are excited to, to keep moving forward, uh, to understand that people can make a difference collectively. Um, finding a community is a great way to do it. Um, going to a tree planting event with a friend, uh, learning more <laughs> with, a, with a friend, with community, with your family, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciate your, your recognition of, of the value and the excitement and for sure, like. Like you mentioned earlier, when I see the videos that our team is creating, it's like totally exciting to me. And just like knowing how all the pieces are coming together and being a part of a team that functions like that um, is, is really energizing. Yeah, awesome. So uh, they can people can find your guys' videos on YouTube and on your website, uh, social media. You guys are on Facebook and Instagram and um, anywhere else I should mention. <laughs> we are... Everywhere, everywhere at one tree planted <laughs> one spelled out o-n-e one tree planted um on truly all of the platforms um they're all oh you know what pinterest we're also on pinterest 
If you want to teach your kids about reforestation, we have many school assets on Pinterest. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Great to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to Restoration Nation. Support this podcast and plant a tree by shopping at our official With Trees Project store at withtreesproject.com. Thanks to our partners over at One Tree Planted, as well as Kat and Ross for taking the time to speak with us. And a special thanks to Zach Went for producing the music. This podcast is brought to you by With Trees Project. After all, it's a wonderful world with trees.